You're listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 31. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures mate for life. But isn't that, like, cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast. Dating and relationship advice by kinksters for kinksters. Join us as we tackle BDSM, sex, non-monogamy, and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world. And now your hosts, Cassie and Rigel. Hey folks, how you guys doing? I hope it has been as eventful a couple of weeks for you guys as it's been for us. We've been super busy. Super busy, but we've been busy doing awesome stuff for you. So we have spent the last, what, maybe two and a half weeks, perhaps? Is that about right? The last two and a half weeks putting together a new online training It has somewhat of a similar name, actually, to one that we were doing for a while towards the end of last year, but it's actually a completely different one. We just found that people liked the name, but it is on uh, five steps to build amazing open relationships. Like I said, if you happen to attend one of the ones that we ran last year, this is actually, despite the similarity of the name, an entirely different training and it's uh it's definitely worth your time to check out and we're covering you know the the five biggest steps that we've seen people need to take in in the people that we've worked with to build amazing open relationships we're excited to have it out and relieved and relieved that it's done yes because it's been a busy couple it's of weeks. been an amazing <laughs> time suck uh it's actually i think been because we were so expansive with this one versus like our other ones where we just like coupled it A couple of very narrow topics. This was actually much more difficult to write and to try and record in a way that was going to be really helpful to you guys. I think it turned out really well. We've gotten really good feedback on it so far. So if you want to check that out, you should go to atouchofflavor.com forward slash AOR for amazing open relationships. uh, Or you can just check out the show notes at atouchofflavor.com forward slash 031. And we'll have everything in there for you. So, but along with all the the crazy work stuff, we did get to fit in some play this weekend. And I got to try out my new flogger. I got a new flogger. I'm super excited. She's excited enough she's mentioning it on the podcast. Yeah, I haven't bought myself a new flogger in a while. So it's been a long time since I've had a new one. I got this huge, giant, thick flogger. I'm talking <laughs> about floggers. Um, and it's got a purple and black handle and there's uh purple uh falls in the inside and black falls on the outside and it's super sexy and it's amazingly thuddy it is very thuddy i can vouch for the thuddiness i do you, do you need a picture of your flogger to go up with this podcast yes i want to share to the are world are you going to bump who made it for you if you're doing all this i will do that once i remember who it is I've been so entranced in the flogger that I can't even remember the maker's name. I actually had it specially made for me. They do custom work. And right now, all I can think is awesome, amazing, fucking heavy flogger. And the name is not uh, 
sticking out to me right and now. We're, we're getting zero kickback to bump this, but I figure if Cassie's going to go on a whole rant about her new flogger on here, we might as well put out where it came from along with it. So you can check out the show notes for that as well. If you need a new flogger, somebody's hopefully getting some free business off this. So beyond the fun and the, the time we've actually found to hang out with friends and stuff over the last little bit, we have, so we, we, we were planning initially on recording uh, a Q&A episode when we were sitting down to record this, this go around, uh, which we do have and which we will be recording very soon. Um, but we've found ourselves over the last few weeks, seemingly for no apparent reason I can discern as to the pattern of it, but involved in a lot of conversations with people in our Facebook group and people, more so people have PM'd us from the Facebook group yeah, and, and your consult calls and just, just people in general talking a lot about power exchange and how power exchange relates to the relationships that people are having. And we've wound up, wound up on this topic quite a bit over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's come up quite a bit. So we figured we would uh, share with you guys some of the sort of thoughts and things that have kind of come up. So the thing about power exchange, right, is, is that a lot of the things that we do in power exchange, speaking as somebody who's involved in power exchange, a lot of the things that we do in power exchange, they fly in the face of like a lot of the, the common things that we're told about relationships, right? And it's, it, it, it's hard sometimes to know because because it does fly in the face of a lot of the common things about fairness and equality and things along those lines, you know, it, it can be hard to kind of see how all that stuff fits into building a relationship that's healthy. Like this is one of those, we talk about, you know, when it's hard to find good advice, building relationships outside the box. Like this is one of those things where even a lot of the advice that applies to the relationships outside the box, like, you know, poly relationships isn't even applicable sometimes when you're talking about, about power exchange stuff. And it can be really hard to know what a healthy relationship looks like when it comes to power exchange. And especially when you're throwing poly uh, and other things like that into the mix. Most of the people that we've had these conversations with over the last couple weeks have been poly. So we, we, we kind of want to address that and address our views on when you throw these things in the mix, how do you ensure that a relationship stays healthy? You know, when you're playing with these things where there's a potential for so much inequality and, and actually there's an inherent inequality how do you make sure a relationship stays healthy, especially when you're throwing other things in the mix, like uh, like open relationships and multiple partners and things along those lines? So we really want to kind of dive into that today and our position, however controversial it might be, where the healthy line can be drawn on a lot of these topics. But before we do, I think we should give a, a very, very brief primer on power exchange. I know the vast majority of you listening know what power exchange is and we'll keep it very short, but just for some of the folks who are tuning in who are either newer or maybe coming from more of the open relationship background and aren't as familiar with what that is or what that actually winds up looking like in real life, I think it's a good thing to kind of start there. So do you just want to give like a very basic definition of power exchange? Like not like any specific type of power exchange relationships, but just a very basic definition of just what power exchange is. And then we can go into, you know, the, the, the different levels of that and kind of like what kind of focus a little more on, on the types that we're talking about today. So power exchange, as far as just a general power exchange, there's all different kinds, but is the exchange of power. So someone giving someone else power, someone receiving that power. And most of the time that goes into the idea of decisions or uh, control versus someone who's giving that person the ability to take 
the decisions and the control. Right. And so the thing is, so in, in, in every relationship, right, there's an imbalance of power. Like Dick and Jane, you know, dating each other, right? There's, there is a, uh, a difference in the balance of power, and it may be different on different things. You may have one person who makes the decisions about how to pay the bills and another person who makes the decisions about, uh, you know, how to keep the house. And it, it, it doesn't matter, but there's always some level of power exchange in a relationship where you never get anything done, right? Somebody has to make the decisions. And, you know, power exchange that we're talking about is simply a, a formalized version of that. So, you know, people sit down consensually and decide, okay, I'm going to give up power over these things to this other person. And there is, there, there are a lot of forms that can take ranging from, you know, almost nothing to almost everything. And it, you know, it looks very different to different people. So, some of the the types of power exchange, just like starting from like the very basic, like almost nothingeth, would be like a uh, a play relationship, and you know the person might call themselves a dom or a submissive, but it's in a play sense. So we get together, and in our play sessions, you're in control, and I'm submissive. Don't look at me like that. I'm not like admitting this. I'm saying as an example. We, is that what we're? I mean, is no, that, that's not how, what we're doing. That's good. That would be kind of uncomfortable. No, this conversation. No, um, <laughs> but um, in a play sense, someone taking control that role in the bedroom. So that would be like the almost you know not really impacting life too seriously because it's really just while you're fucking. You know, an example of the power is like you know how are we going to fuck? What activities are we going to do? Right. Um, you know, I'm going to order you to crawl around on the floor. I mean, th- there's all these things that you're talking about. And I, I will say, and I don't want to linger too long on terminology. When you hear dom and sub, right, instead of bottom and top, dom and sub tend to have more power exchange connotations. You can go all the way from that just in the bedroom, not very serious, to a, but let's say a 24-7 power exchange relationship, right? And give some examples of what that looks like. So for the slave they have daily protocols they have things that they're responsible for doing the dom makes all of the decisions because we're talking the extreme end makes all the decisions financial health everything in regards to the children and the home and anything else to the relationships that their slave has with other people so that's like the two extreme sides of that coin yeah that's the two extreme sides of that coin and and we bridge the gap to everywhere in between and every variation of every different kind of setup that works for the different people involved. And the only other thing that I'll throw in there is, is a lot of times when you hear people use it with the words master and slave, they tend to be talking more on the like 24 seven, or at least like something that has significant impacts on your everyday life outside of the bedroom. So you have the background, you have a little bit of the terminology. What we want to talk about today is how that winds up playing out in real life, and and what is when you you're willing to give up all that kind of control over your life? What does a healthy relationship look like at that point, right? Because a lot of the markers that we typically use aren't valid anymore. Yeah, and the thing is, is that a lot of them, if you looked at it from the outside perspective, would be like that's not a healthy relationship. So figuring out what it is that still, with being very different, can make a relationship be functional and healthy for all people involved. And one of the markers that people usually use in vanilla society is, well, is the relationship very equal? And or they it, say they use anyways. Yeah. Or, you know, is is it is it equal? Does it do you have the same say in the relationship and things like that? 
I'm not going to get into a whole ordeal about how there's power exchange in every relationship. You kind of covered that already. But one of the markers is the equality in a relationship. So with that, the how do you determine what is healthy then? Because that seems to be really the, the main thing. Like, are you treated the same way your partner is treated? Are you treated the way that you treat your partner and want to be treated? Our kind of purview of the relationship stuff that we talk about, that we teach on, that you know that we have clients on, our purview on that is these relationships that tend to be in some form or fashion unequal, whether it's poly or power exchange or thing along these lines. So if you were to come to me and say, you know, what what is it that makes a good relationship or an ideal relationship in those circumstances? And my answer to you would be, well, you want everybody in the relationship to be happy and healthy. It doesn't have to be equal. It doesn't necessarily have to be fair, but you want everybody in the relationship to be happy and healthy. And making sure that everybody's needs are being taken care of. And when I say needs, I'm not just talking about sexual needs and things like that, but their needs as a person. Every person has needs as a human and those things should be you know, taken care of. So we've, we've spent a reasonable amount of time in our lives in the parts of the, the BDSM community that are very concerned with and involved with power exchange and have a lot of people who this is truly their lifestyle, like this is 24-7. And I mean, you know, we have a, a certain amount of power exchange in our relationship 24-7. And we found that we come into disagreement with certain people because we come from this basis, right? And the place that we start with is always talking about that the people in a relationship are more important than the relationship, right? That everybody should be happy and healthy and that the people in the relationship are more important than the relationship. And sometimes that can come into conflict with how people view the ideal type of power exchange. Yeah, because in a lot of ways... People who are really, really into that idea of power exchange being the end all be all, you know, the the defining like top thing in their relationship, it to hear that the people are more important is almost taboo in some of those circles. Like it's it's almost like, no, you know, if it if my partner said that uh we weren't doing power exchange anymore they would have to get the fuck out and walk out. Well, more so than that. And I mean, because that can be a critical part of your relationship. But, you know, for me, I feel like more so than that, the thing that's always kind of made me stop and is the, if my slave ever told me no, I'd kick them out of the house. That's more what I was saying, yeah. Like, like <laughs> if if my my slave came to me and said, I can't do this because of X, Y, or Z. And by this, you don't mean the relationship. You mean some specific, specific action, thing. some specific yeah. thing. Like, I can't. Do you remember any examples of the conversations that we've had with people on this topic before? Um, so I will use an example. I, you were not around for this example. I just recently talked to somebody. We were talking about how these conversations have come up. I was talking to a woman who is much older, and her master wants her to now have another baby. She's been informed that it wouldn't be a good idea. Well, I'm the master. I told you I want you to get pregnant. And she says no. And basically he's telling her to go because it's not following him as a dom. The conversation is, is he's not, uh, she's not listening to his demand to do that. And that goes into that idea of, you know, having say over something that 
maybe you shouldn't have say over in that yeah. kind of sense. Well, I feel like, so let's, I want to, let's table that whole <laughs> issue. I feel like that's a whole, I feel like that's a whole nother quagmire that we should definitely step in before we're done here. So this is where I think we're going to start to draw lines that are going to start to piss people off. And you can disagree. It's our podcast. <laughs> and and I'd say line A, and this is this is the position that we've always taken on this topic, is power exchange is an incredibly important thing. And and especially for some people, it's it's a vital thing. I mean, it's something that it's something that you have to have to be fulfilled and to be happy in life. But at the end of the day, we have always viewed the people in the relationships as more important than the power exchange. Yeah. And I feel like a lot more of that falls on you since you're the dom. Like I feel like you're the <laughs> one who gets leaned on like you should care about the power exchange more than your subs. I do. I I get a lot of weird looks and things like that when I put my day-to-day relationships first. And what I mean by this is an example, my 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 subs get sick. I'm going to take care of you. I'm not going to demand you to get out of bed and rub my feet and go make my chai tea. I mean, I really like my chai tea, but I'm not going to demand that of you when you have the flu. I'm going to get up and I'm going to drag myself across the floor because I'm not a morning person. And I'm going to go get you some medication and take care of you because above being the domly dom, I'm your partner and I care about you and I love you and I want to take care of you. And I think that's where people mix the idea of what the ideal is you know, that fantasy versus the reality of we are all human. We are all people. We're in a relationship with people who have needs, who have bad days, who we're supposed to care about. Yeah. Who we're supposed to to take care of and care about. Yeah. So, uh, which, okay. So I like, I like that little jump. So let's follow this, 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 this topic down. So, so like I said, so we start from this in the place of in any relationship, right? That the the people in the relationship are more important than the relationship. And that at the end of the day, the the measuring stick for any relationship, vanilla, non-monogamous, monogamous, kinky as fuck, power exchange. Fuck buddies, whatever. Whatever. That the, I can't believe I left out fuck buddies. They're so Sorry, important. fuck buddies. That at the end of the day, that the measuring stick is that you should be happy and healthy in the relationship. So I hope that you're with us this far. And if you're not, and if your opinion is that there are things in your relationship that are more important than the people, the rest of this probably isn't going to make a lot of sense to you. I encourage you to listen and to try to take it in. But if not, we'll try to help you anyway. But I I will say, and I'm going to say it flat out, I do not think that it's possible to build healthy relationships without taking those two facts and believing those two facts and internalizing them and applying them to your relationship. So you're entitled to your opinions. My opinion is that you can't build healthy relationships without those basis. So I want to I want to talk about this thing that you were talking about which is the fantasy versus the reality because this is where I think that this this starts to come to head. So you start with those ideas. Okay, so the relationships are more important. Or I'm sorry, the people are more important than the relationships and you want them to be happy and healthy. Cool. And I think that the vast majority of us, not all of us, I certainly run into people like I said who would argue otherwise, but I think the vast majority of us believe that. But where I think we start to run into trouble when we're we're implementing relationships in our everyday lives, and I don't just mean power exchange, poly is the same, but power exchange is definitely a big culprit for this, is this idea of 
what is the fantasy? What is the fantasy? What is it that I imagine this in my head? What is it that the media and porn tells me stuff should look like and maybe I can even do for a weekend versus the reality of day-to-day life and a relationship with another human being? I think there is always a place for fantasy. Like, I want to say that like I don't want to like shun fantasy right now because we're talking about a lot of like reality versus fantasy. I try to make my life look as much like fantasy as possible. Yeah, fantasy Whatever possible. So I'm not like like shunning fantasy right now. So nobody take that that way because fantasy is great, especially when you're able to implement it occasionally and, and maybe daily. But you there's a point where you have to come back to reality. There are responsibilities. There are things that come up. And we have two choices at that point. We can treat our partner like the thing in our fantasy or treat our partner like a partner. And I think that's where a lot of times the divide comes in is this idea of, well, I want to keep up this fantasy. It's better to treat my partner in this fantasy than it is to treat them like a human that I'm spending my life with. I think it's it's really important to distinguish before maybe we even talk about some of the other stuff that I, I want to get to. What does fantasy power exchange look like, right, versus the actual realistic day to day of power exchange? So, you know, fantasy is you're going to be better at this than me. Fantasy is. Right. What's your what's your perfect. Yeah. You don't even have to use me. You can use a woman if you like. I'm what's your perfect. Both. I'm going to use both. Okay, I'll, go I'll give you a great fantasy. OK, right. go ahead. So Rigel. And, you know, Amanda and maybe like two other female submissives locked in my closet every day. They don't go to work. The only time they come out of the closet is to eat or to pleasure me. And when I decide to beckon for them and, you know, every day I get to fuck each one of them. I get oral sex on demand and back rubs whenever I want. And fed cherries and chocolate every night before I go to bed. How's that work? Did I did I empower my inner fantasy? Yeah, yeah. You left out a lot of the service stuff, like around the house, that I would have expected from you well, on that. No, because because here, wait, wait. Uh, the reason why that is is because in my perfect fantasy land, there is no chores either. But you know, like like <laughs> yeah, like it doesn't exist. The subs don't have to do it because yeah. they don't have anything to do but fuck. Yeah, like in in my perfect fantasy land, the food land, just materializes, no, so they don't have to cook it. Yeah. Yeah. See, now you're following my train of thought. You said, t- you, hey, told, all right. you said fantasy. I and went off yeah, into and, fantasy land. Yeah. So <laughs> cool. Don't judge me for my I fantasy. I am not judging you for your fantasy. I was surprised, but now it makes sense. It's more in line with what I would expect to hear. The closet thing was not at all surprising. The lack of other stuff was, but once you explained that that was because the stuff just doesn't exist, that now makes a lot more sense. Yeah. And that's fantasy, right? And, and, you know, there's a submissive into that. And the the thing about fantasy, and, and I think this is fantasy, all you have to do is watch like femdom porn, right? Like, oh, I have no rights at all, and you're just going to tell me to do whatever. You know what I view as the ultimate kind of in fantasy from the submissive view is like uh, non-consent porn. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to be taken by force, I'm going to be black, I'm going to be raped, I'm going to be kept as a sex slave, and, you know, and I'm not going to do anything but like pleasure this person and do whatever they tell me to do. I view that as like the ultimate submissive version of like what the, I just did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 the thing about fantasy, like you said, is fantasy is great. And I don't even think that it is bad to try and well, a to try and make your life look as much like your fantasy as you want, 
right? Goals. Huh? Goals. Goals, right? Um, and and to try and implement as much stuff as you can. I mean, I think once you once you get down to real life, you start having to have people do chores and shit. But to implement as much of that stuff as you want. B, I don't think it's bad to take time and do that. And, and you know, this is what I tell people: like, you can do the fantasy thing for a weekend. Uh, you can you can take your your partner and you guys can go away for a weekend and you can absolutely live that out for the weekend. You can even have a partner that you only see very occasionally. And maybe your life with them really almost, I'd never say exactly, but almost is the fantasy life because you only see them, you know, once every other week for like a day. And all you do during that time is live out that fantasy. And then you go back to reality and take care of the shit you have to take care of to survive on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, because no matter how much we want to have fantasies, food does not metabolize out of thin air. The problem I think comes in, and that's all dandy, right? But I think there's a lot of problems when we try and take that fantasy and apply it to the day-to-day reality of our lives. And I think in a lot of ways, if we do, it ends up sort of taking away people's rights as people in relationships. And I think there's some basis that people should have as far as rights in their relationships and also to have their needs and desires fulfilled not just their sexual needs and desires, but their needs and desires as people fulfilled. And I feel like when we try so hard to live that fantasy to the T, we start rubbing into the areas that otherwise, that I otherwise would think are not good areas to rub into. Like they're, they're, they're not things that I think are going to foster good relationships. So when you, when you talk to people, I want to talk about the rights but when you talk to people, what are some of the places that you feel like you see reality clashing with fantasy the most often, like when it comes to power exchange? I know so many, just just a few, just um, a few. So some of the, the big ones, interactions with other people, friends and children is a huge one. This idea of I have every say in every interaction that you have. Well, there's other people on the planet. Like you got to have interactions with people, right? Like you got to have relationships and it's actually proven that it's very healthy for you to have good relationships with more than one person. So that would be one. You see things with health, people sort of. Yeah, we've talked about this a lot and we actually talk about this a lot in your class on, uh, on dominance and like uh, like being sick and health issues yeah. that you teach. We talk about this quite a bit. Like, you know, it can you can have this fantasy of your your dom being like domly dom all the time. And but there's gonna be times in your life when you're they're they're ill and like they just need to be babied and they can't really boss you around and they can't hit you and they can't, I mean like, you know, and you just, I mean, yeah, maybe it fulfills a little bit of a service need, but it's definitely not that mental image that you have in your head of. Or the flip side, you end up having to take care of your submissive. They can't serve you. So like health is a big one. The other one that I see very often is jobs and careers and things like that. And what I mean by that is this idea of staying in submissive role or dom role where you work and keeping up that, you know, you're, you're, you identify as a lowercase person. You go to work, you're not going to be necessarily 
able to stay in a role of being a submissive. You can't. Well, and the last thing I want to say is just everyday life, right? I think, and this is actually, I think, probably the biggest thing where the reality falls short of the fantasy is just your obligations in everyday life. So, you know, you've got kids, you've got a job, you've got all these other commitments. I think the bigger issue than half of those things is you have other shit in your life you have to take care of besides living out that perfect like reality. And that's not just not on the on the sub end, right? That's on the slave end. That's on the, the dom or master end as well. Yeah, I've had to do quite a few things that were not domly as far as I'm concerned. Cleaning up my kids throw up, for example, because I'm a mom and I had to do it because nobody else was around, right? Like not exactly the picture of the dominatrix that I would like to pick, you know, that that you would like to picture me as, you know, mopping a, a, a throw up off a floor in pajama bottoms. Even taking care of the dogs and other people <laughs> aren't here. I mean, the list goes on. So, and I, I think we're really at the point where to talk about how the stuff that we 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 mix up and we we try and impose from, you know, our ideas of fantasy really, I really think we're at the point of talking about how that actually starts impacting people in the real world where we actually live. The one thing that you had said immediately when we, we started talking about this topic was that you wanted to discuss what a submissive's rights are. Yeah, I think it's really important to talk about the rights of a submissive or a slave, or as I like to call all the people that are on the lowercase and the lowercases, their rights. So some of the rights that I think a submissive has is a right to be healthy. So to do things to make themselves physically and emotionally healthy. So as far as not doing activities that are going to cause them physical or emotional harm, they have the right to be able to do the things that will make them physically and mentally healthy. So like if they have medication they need to take, they have a right to take that medication so that way they can be okay. I think there's a right to have other relationships, I mentioned that before, interacting with other people. I believe that submissives have the right to have relationships with people. And I'm not talking necessarily romantic relationships, but relationships, friends, coworkers, children, whatever, other people that they interact with. I they always have the right to say no in any situation. I will lay down my my thing here. I could go through and give you stuff. And I agree with everything that you said. I think sometimes it's easier to go off of when there's existing resources that are good. Sometimes other people have said it better first. Uh, so the people who wrote More Than Two, the author of the book More Than Two, during the process came up with this, this concept of the Relationship Bill of Rights. Um, but it, it's actually an, an incredible tool. And I would argue, and I'm, I'm looking at it now, and I will link to these in the show notes. And I'm not going to go over all of them because there, there are actually a significant number, but I think this is one of the best things you can ever read. And while I think that there are a couple of these that you would have to interpret a little bit for power exchange, although I think it's still workable, like talking about like seeking balance between what you give and what you get. And I'm just skimming these. So somebody might get to jump on me about this later. But I would argue just offhand that I think all of these to one extent or another um, and like I said, some maybe need slight modification for exchange, but I would argue that these are all really rights that should exist in any relationship, including in a power exchange relationship. And I'm not going to go through them all. Like I said, I'll link to them in the show notes, but I'm going to read a couple of these to you that may clash with some people's idea of how a power exchange relationship should look. To say no to requests, to know your partner will work with you to resolve the problems that arise, 
to choose whether you want a monogamous or a polyamorous relationship to end a relationship. I would hope there wouldn't be anybody that would argue with us on that. And that's just in like their basic, like for any intimate relationships, right? And then there's a whole slew of ones in the poly. And I think we'll actually talk about these separately. But you have anything else on the rights topic that you want to? I mean, I, oh, I think that, that that, you know, that list covers a lot of things. But those are the ones that I mentioned are some of the top ones I think people neglect and really you have the right for. And I'd say that I would throw in here again to be happy and healthy is, is really, I think, the right that trumps all these other rights and the rights that, that this is is aiming for, but I'd say to be happy and healthy, I think is the, maybe not a right, I guess you don't have a, you know, but the goal, the goal of, of the relationship. So cool, but how does that actually play out? So we want to talk about a, a couple of things here with this. We want to talk about how we think this plays out in real life as far as what's absolutely necessary for a relationship to be healthy. Like, what is the level of, power exchange that results in a healthy relationship. And then we want to kind of talk about, okay, what is, what is the level of power exchange that actually results in that ideal relationship of people like being happy and healthy and growing as people and having their needs met and being fulfilled. So let us start in the area of what a relationship takes just to be healthy. And maybe the easiest thing for you to do is just cite some of your biggest gripes as far as things that you've seen that people do in power exchange that you think just do not fall to a healthy level? Well, one of the big things is dictating other relationships. That is one of the one of my biggest gripes. Like you can't, you know, you're my slave. You can't have this person as a friend, or I can tell you when you're going to get this person out of your life and you can't date them anymore. Or the end of that, which is I'm going to tell you who you have to date and you have to be in a relationship with, and you're the submissive, so you're going to do it. Yep, I was going to get to that. So either forcing relationships not to happen or to happen is one of my biggest gripes. And it ends up being very, very unhealthy. I don't know if I'm an only child, but I can only imagine, you know, how difficult it is when you grow up with a sibling that you don't really want to be around all the time. I know you had siblings and you had to like do stuff, but imagine that with a romantic relationship. Like you have to be in a romantic relationship with this person that you can't stand. That relationship is never going to be healthy. You're never going to be healthy forced into a relationship that you don't want to be in. Like that's just, it's, it's never going to work out. And at the same end of that, if you're monogamous, right, being forced into a polyamorous situation or, or the vice versa of that, if you're polyamorous being forced into a monogamous situation, none of those things are going to be healthy for you. And I think the forcing relationships not to happen is, is just as bad. You're making people sever relationships that may be fostering good things for them, friendships or you know, romantic relationships or family, whatever it is. By doing that, you are pushing them away from their support system, which that in and of itself is just for me, I feel is that that's kind of scary and borderline kind of. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's, it's listed as a warning sign for abuse, and this and 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 this is something that you see a lot on both ends, on both ends of this. Yeah, you see it constantly in the power exchange communities, and one of the things I will say with that is that with all the examples that I've seen this happen, it never ends well. <laughs> it really doesn't. Um, you end up in situations where people are just miserable in order to keep what, going back to that idea, 
of the fantasy that my master can decide and dictate what my relationships look like because I gave them full control over my life. And people end up being very, very unhappy. They end up kind of suffering for the idea of, well, if I'm giving up full power, I've got to do this. I'm I'm not going to beat that dead horse. Um, Don't do it. I mean, it's, it's, there's no, to me, there's no leeway in that shit. Forcing people into relationships they don't want to be in is unhealthy. Breaking them off from relationships they have or support systems is unhealthy. Let's talk about some of the other things beyond fostering outside relationships or preventing relationships uh, or breaking off relationships. Because I think that's more what you're talking about is forcing people to break off existing relationships they already have. Let's talk about some other things that you feel are outside of the realm of what it's healthy for somebody to be making decisions for you on power exchange. You want to talk about how we approach, you know, we've always had this conversation talking about conflict resolution on serious relationship issues in power exchange relationships and how that should look. In serious life discussions, when you're, and when you're dealing with conflict and you're dealing with like making a giant choice, like something that's going to change your life or is going to impact your life big time. Things like kids, buying a house, you know, all of your finances, those sort of things should be approached as equal partners trying to find an equally beneficial solution to all parties. That is my belief, is that people should be able to freely come, talk, express what it is that they feel needs to be said openly, freely, and for both parties to discuss it and make a decision together that is going to work for both people. To make an agreement. To make it an agreement, yes. Versus just the dictation of somebody else. So what are some of the things that you think fall into that? So I think the one offhand that the example you gave earlier is kids, A, flat out kids. Yeah, you should not be demanding someone to have children. So a couple other things that I would throw into that offhand are, I think, career choices. I believe career choices are something that the person should definitely have a say in. Yeah. What else? I think anything that's going to be like a major health factor, like Mm. deciding to do treatment or not do treatment. I'll do an extreme example. I had a conversation about with someone about cancer treatment and having their dom decide whether or not they were doing cancer treatment or not. And I'm like, what is your opinion on this? (laughs) Like, yeah. So major, major things like that, as far as health, where it's going to affect possibly your entire life, you should be having some say in that decision-making. Yeah. I think the financial situation, I I, I don't want to say, I think, I think that's something that you can reasonably come to a level of power, like agree, like, like an agreement on a power exchange where that is the decision that Dom is making. I think that's one of those things that works for a few people, but not for most people. That would just be my opinion on that one. I wouldn't say it's something that you can't healthily like have the Dom make financial decisions. Yeah. I think there's definitely various degrees of it. But I think that, you know, as I said, like super, super major things that are going to change your financial stability for the rest of your life, you probably do not want to lean on the side of just having one person be the decision making in that one. You can go into these conversations and have these conversations as equals and still be respectful and still keep protocol, but actually have the conversations that need to be had. Oh, and anything around parenting. I know we said kids as far as having kids, but. 
when you sign up to be a parent, that means everybody is a parent. And as parents, you should be making decisions together for your children. Anything else on that? Like, I feel, I'm sure there's something, I'm sure there's shit that we're missing here that I just can't like sort through all the fucking times I've had these conversations with people in my head (laughs) to pull out the other examples. Nothing else that I can think of. So, all right. So there you go. I mean, that's our opinion on things that absolutely where you should have conversations as equals. And, you know, we had said this shouldn't be a decision made by somebody else, but I will also say uh, decisions around your relationships, like especially if you're in, in a relationship that's got more than one person, it shouldn't be the Dom making like decisions on how, okay, is this person going to be brought into the household? Is this, you know what I mean? Like that kind of, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, in that situation, like maybe the Dom has like the last say in it, but it has to be approved by the submissives first. I've like, seen that happen. You know what I mean? Like, okay. So like the Dom is the last vote in it, but everybody else who's going to have to live with that person has say in it first. And like, there's people that we would, that we respect very much who, who run their households that way. And I, that seems to work very well for them, but they do not just bring somebody into the house. Without discussion and consent of other people who are already living there. Yeah. So, all right. So that would be that. So let's move from talking about like, all right, what is the absolute? This is like any decisions that like, you know, you need separate to be healthy in a relationship, like period. But I want to talk about more than the baseline. Like you want people to be happy and healthy. Satisfying relationships. Satisfied. You want them to be satisfied. You want them to be fulfilled. You want They're people cool. to be happy yeah. in their relationships. You want them to be fulfilled. You want them to be everything they can be in their life as a person. I want to talk about how that plays out because I feel like it's too easy to let people off the hook. The best, the best masters I know, they see like a big part of their role as building their slaves up to everything that they can be in life. And and beyond the power exchange thing, I think that's, like I said, like our well-known relationship is to try for everybody to be everything they can be and to be happy and be healthy. So let's talk about what it takes to get to what a reasonable power exchange relationship, like where everybody can actually thrive. That's a good word for, for this. Where everybody can thrive looks like, because it is not that bare minimum of shit that we just discussed. No, and a lot of it comes down to realizing that there's more than just the basic needs. People need to be able to work at the things that fulfill them, have hobbies, have interactions, have other things in their life aside for the role that they're playing in the power exchange. And that goes both ways. So as a dom, I'm going to have things that I'm going to have to do in my, my, my life that is not just dictating, right? There's going to be times that I'm going to have to do other things than to be somebody's micromanager. And there, as a submissive, there's going to be other things in your life that are not just service oriented to your, your power exchange. You want to be fulfilled in life. That means hobbies. That means interests. That means social interaction. It means having the time. And, and we'll talk more about this in a minute. Yeah. I think it means having the time to do those things. I'll go a little bit a little bit more into what I mean about that in just a second. Yeah, but being able to have the ability to express different parts of yourself other places with other people and just like anybody else. Like you look at monogamous couples, you look at non-kinky folk, 
Like we have friends, we have hobbies, we have interests. You we said have- we like we fall in that non-monogamous and non-kinky category and I'm offended. I'm sorry. That was a big mistake. I'm saying we as the human race, as people, but all of us have things in our life that if we only did the bare minimum, if we only made sure that we weren't dying, we were not, uh, you know, like we weren't dying. We weren't um, forcing our partner just to have children or things like that. There's more needed beyond that. Well, I think, and I think this is where, and so this is where I think a lot of people get hung up, right? Because all those things that we mentioned, there are people who do all those things, right? But I will say there is the vast majority of people who don't do those things, right? But the, the thing is, is that I think it's easy to look at a power exchange relationship and be like, okay, well, those things aren't happening, right? So it's, it's this base level of healthy. And my need for power exchange is getting met because, again, that's a very real need, right? And to be like, okay, it's good. But again, the thing to realize is that there is a lot more to being a happy, healthy human being than just to... Not do the unhealthy things. Yeah, <laughs> to not do those very unhealthy things and have, have your power exchange needs met. Yeah. So, and this is where I like to actually get into using some examples of conversations that you've had with, with people who, uh, David, I, I love using some of the conversations that we've had with David when we're talking about this stuff. Yeah, um, Master David, um, he passed away this year, um, but he had some really awesome quotes. <laughs> and this was a person who, again, really viewed a big part of his role as a master. And this was like the most masterly master you could <laughs> yeah, he was to be. Role model. I mean, one of, and I will, I, I will say this with no problem, one of three people that I will refer to as master because I think it's a title that you earn and not a title you just expect me to fucking call you. One of three people that I, I called master out of just pure fucking respect. You know, and, and we we spent a lot of time with a group that he ran kind of early on in our, our power exchange journey. And, you know, th- there's a couple of things that have really, like conversations that have really kind of stuck. And I know we were discussing them. That's part of what led to this whole podcast episode in the first place. Yeah, and one of them was around his slave. And um, whew, I got the feels all of a sudden, but they were different in age and he wanted her to be prepared for if, you know, when, not when, <laughs> when um, he was no longer going to be with her and he sent her off to, you know, like they decided that she was going to do nursing school and he was like, that's how she can best serve me is by, you know, I doing paid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he paid and he, he had her go. and. This is a man for years who did not take care of things, you know, as far as like chores and things like that uh, around the house who, you know, in his words, you know, I'm taking care of those things. I'm not too much of a master not to take care of these things. Like he wanted. The way she can best serve me is to go prepare herself and take school. And in order for her to do that. I have to do some of the chores. I'm home all day. Yeah. And I very clearly remember this, <laughs> this discussion. Yeah. Sorry. I had a moment. <laughs> I haven't talked. And about I, I say that because I really think that embodies the way power exchange looks when it's done in that ideal fashion that does best benefit and build everybody up as people. Right. Um, and, and, but it wasn't just that there, we had a very similar conversation where, you know, when she's off serving, being a parent and the trash needs to go out, I'm not too much of a master to take out the trash. It has to be done. And 
she needs to be doing this with her kids. Again, and I use David because because I think that I think that those those examples from him kind of embody what I view as healthy power exchange, even on a very total, for lack of a better word, you know, power exchange end of things. And what that looks like when you're actually treating your submissives and your slaves as people instead of just these fantasy power exchange objects. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons why it looks that way, and this is also another one of his quotes, was that masters are in service to their slaves. Slaves are in service to their masters. It's not a one-way street. It's not one person serving the other. It's both serving each other. So that means being supportive, being protective, being helpful when it needs to be done. And I think that that is why, that's why that fits right, right? Like, okay, yeah, the best way she can serve me is to take care of the children. The best way she can serve me is to prepare herself. You know, it's this idea of, I love this person, I care for this person, and I want them to be the best of them, of who they are. And I think that's the goal for every relationship is for us to want our partners to be the best possible them they can be. So what are what are some ways that you you think that people can pay attention to trying to do this in their own power exchange relationships? And I know that we had one we were talking about earlier, which is time, um, which which does actually kind of play into those examples. But, you know, it, it's the factor of if you want your submissive, you want your slave to be everything they can be. And to be happy. And even on the ideal end, you want to spend fucking time with them, right? If you're going through day-to-day life and, you know, and day-to-day life takes a lot of work, especially in a family situation. You know what I mean? Especially when there's kids, especially when there's animals and there's responsibilities. You know, that might mean that if you want your submissive to have some free time to study or better themselves or even just, you know, to be able to take a few minutes, set a hobby, to relax, or even just to sit down and spend time with you, that might require you to pick up some responsibilities as a dom and not to throw it all on them. Yeah, and and I see this quite often. It's like, well, you're the submissive, so you handle all the chores, you handle all the child raising, you handle all these things. It's really too much to pile on one person than really to have any time to be happy and healthy. Yeah, you look at situations where, in, in today's day and age, most likely your slave is not a kept slave. Most likely your slave works, right? So you see situations where you have a slave who works a nine to five job. They come home and they're responsible for the entire, all the laundry, the whole family, the kids, her dom, everything, and the cooking and the scrubbing the floors and the mowing the lawn and running the kids back and forth to practice and, Putting and, and. And on the end of it, still has to, you know, put out and, and do sex when, when, when told. And, and do the sex. And do the sex. And, <laughs> and do it all with a cheery disposition. Um, so, <laughs> and when does that person have time, when you look at that, to, one, be their own person? And I, I feel like that is an, a very important aspect to living is, is being your own person and having things that fulfill you. Two, how are they spending time with you? Three, if they're a parent. And how- if they're not spending any time with you because you'd prefer them to do all the chores in the house, what does that say about the relationship? What it says is you should get a damn maid. 
Like <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm serious. Like if, if you care so little about the time and energy that you want to have with your partner, that really the only thing you want them for is service. And I'm saying this as someone who identifies as a dom. If all I care about is the service that you can provide as far as keeping the upkeep of my chores, I probably shouldn't be in that relationship. I should just probably pay for a maid service. And don't get me wrong. I mean, if 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 this is a situation where the you know the the person enjoys doing this stuff and they enjoy doing that stuff as a part of their as a part of their service and their slavery, and they actually have the time to do absolutely every responsibility in the house and still have time to be a healthy person and spend time with you, fucking amazing. I don't see how that's possible. But if you can do that, cool. I just don't think it's a very realistic situation 99% of the time. And I think that's where the problem falls is you have people who are very service oriented, who really enjoy providing service and giving service. And I, I love those people. Um, <laughs> Cassie loves them. A lot. A lot. This is not my uh, personal ad for submissives who want to, you know, serve me. But there are those people who really do enjoy Does service. the job come with benefits? <laughs> so many benefits. <laughs> um, How many of them are not sexual? I cook. I actually, I actually cook very well. Um, I can cook. I can, I can, I can beat your ass good and I can supply you with yummy, yummy food. Those are the benefits. Um, so, uh, there are people who do really enjoy service. That being said, it is very easy for those folks to be taken advantage of, to be, especially people who go into things like, I want to be a, 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 you know, service oriented slave. I, I want to do that. But being taken advantage of to the degree that the other part of their relationship, not just service is neglected whether that's their sexual needs or their social needs or their their need to grow as a person. Yeah. I was talking about I was going to talk about inside the relationship needs but also outside the need needs like the need to grow. And it's easy for for them to be taken advantage of, but at the end of the day, everybody needs time. Everybody needs freedom to be themselves, to spend time, to, as you said, grow. And that means every partner, and I'm going to use the word partner, I'm going to stop using master and slave for a minute. If you're in a relationship with somebody, you are a partner. And what it means to be a partner is everybody in that situation doing what they can to the betterment of everybody in that situation. Well, and there has to be give and take, right? And 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 don't get me wrong. It, Part of that give and take can be, I do all this stuff as a service and I get something out of that and that's fine. But there, there usually needs to be more, especially, especially if this isn't your weekend fantasy relationship and this is, this is your anchor relationship or this is something that where you're putting the majority of your time and your effort and your energy, there has to be more than just that, if that is your your main relationship and your main focus for you to be happy and healthy. So like at the end of the day, I'll give an example from our relationship, right? For example, I cook. There's a couple of reasons why I cook because <laughs> you explode boiling eggs. But beyond that, beyond the fact that, that you and Amanda are not particularly great cooks and I'm fairly efficient um, and I like to cook. 
I take on that responsibility. So that way, when Amanda gets home from work and you're done with work, you guys can take care of some other things and we can have time together. If I put all of those responsibilities on Amanda, for example, Amanda gets home about five o'clock. She picks up the kid. That's, that's one of her responsibilities is she picks up the kid from practice. Well, if she also handled completely making all of the dinner on her own, all the laundry in the house, also fetching me the things that she fetches me because I do get her to get me stuff all the time. Also answering to all your sexual needs. Answering all my sexual needs. What time would she have? And at the end of the day, to kind of summarize all this, you have to make sure that there isn't such a focus on someone serving that you guys aren't serving your relationship together. I think that's a pretty good sum up. So guys, listen, like I said, this is this is what we kind of get back to at the end of the day. And, and this is kind of the philosophy that I want you to take away from this, hopefully, that you hopefully take away from this. Try and keep in mind this idea that the the people in the relationships are more important than the relationship itself. And this covers, and it covers a lot of ground. It covers way more ground than we've talked about here today, right? And try and keep in mind this idea that the goal of the relationship, the goal, the ideal, should be for everybody in that relationship to be happy and healthy. And I think what's going to be added to this is, and to be everything that they can be as a person. And all this other stuff really, at the end of the day, follows. There, there is no guidebook. There is no hard set of rules that you can find or that, you know, anything along those lines. But try and keep those things in mind. And the last thing that I will, I will say on that topic, and really, I think just for myself, period, is this. Not everybody feels that way about things. Not everybody does think that the people are the most important thing, right? Not everybody does think that the goal of the relationship is to be happy and healthy. You're entitled to your differences in opinion. I think you're wrong, but you're entitled to it. But I will say this. Make very sure, and this goes for people who do think that, that, that that's the most important, and people, people who do agree and people who disagree. Make sure that when you're getting into a relationship with somebody, that you make sure that you guys are aligned on your morals on this issue, right? Because if you do think that, that the, you know, that the people is, are most important and them being happy and healthy are the most important, you are not going to have a lot of relationship success trying to form a relationship with somebody who does not follow that mentality or that ethic, right? And, and vice versa as well. All right, guys. Well, it was great talking to you. I'm going to go hit Rigel with my new flogger and we'll see you back next week. All right, guys. Hopefully you found that helpful. If you guys want to check out that free online training that we made on how to build amazing open relationships, you can check it out at atouchofflavor.com forward slash AOR. And we'll catch you next week with that Q&A episode. Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, where we're building relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange, or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at atouchofflavor.com slash ask, or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF1. Email level check. One, two, three, four. Sexiness. I was going to say, give me a level check like you're getting fucked. Uh, uh, uh. One, two, three. Have a serious misrepresentation of how loud you get during sex. <laughs> One. <laughs> uh, I, I can't fake. I'm really bad at it.